Today, you're going to know about my entire backstory from where I was born to my entire entrepreneurial career. Hopefully from learning from my wins and losses, you're going to be able to take something that can help you be a better Amazon or Walmart seller. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What happens when you've grown your Amazon business as much as you can and don't have the time or resources to take it to the next level? That's where Thrasio comes in. Thrasio acquires category-leading FBA brands from small business owners just like you and specializes in taking your brand to new heights while you profit from the growth. When you sell your business to Thrasio, your deal could include a long-term earnout, meaning you profit when your brand grows under their management. So if you're thinking about selling your FBA business, visit Thrasio.com slash Helium10 to connect with Thrasio's deals team. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O dot com slash Helium10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart world. And we're going to learn about a serious seller today, myself, all right? Um, I haven't done one of these in a long time. People were sending messages saying, hey, we want to know more about your history. You know, we know about all these other amazing guests you've had, but um, we want to know what can we learn from your history? And um, I was like, all right, you know what? It's been like two and a half years since I've done this. And so I want to, you know, I know we have a lot of new listeners, so I um, wanted to talk about it. And, you know, it's not meant to be just a, oh, you know, Bradley is an amazing person kind of thing, because as you'll see from my story, yes, I am super weird and I have very unique experiences, but my goal for this is number one, to to take lessons. I'm not just going to tell you like my story and where I was born and and just stuff that really doesn't help you, but there are different things in my journey um, that I think definitely you can learn from by the bad things I've done, by the good things I've done, what I've learned. And so that's my main goal here. Please, you know, pay attention to some of these things and see what what things that you, you can maybe relate to in your life or your entrepreneurial life. And I hope, hope, hope that there are some things in here that can definitely help you. Because remember, serious strategies for serious sellers is not just a catchphrase. And it's not just about Amazon strategies. It's about, you know, life strategies and, and goal setting and things like that. So let's go ahead and uh, get started here and take you on my um, journey. So the first thing... Um, you know, just to talk about going way back, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I was born in California. My, my mom was born in the Philippines. My dad is American. And um, I lived in California, you know, pretty much my whole life. Um, from a very early age, you know, due to church, you know, from when I was four years old, I was doing public speaking for like over 100 people. So that's where that kind of, you know, got started. You know, I never did podcasts before this, but the reason why I feel comfortable here is because I've been doing um, that kind of public speaking in front of big crowds since I was younger. Now, my childhood was nothing that exciting. I don't even remember you know, much of it. I, I did live in Japan when I was younger for three years, um, but most of my life, I, or most of my you know, young life, I lived in California. Uh, I, I was a typical nerd in high school, all right? Didn't do sports, didn't do anything. 4.7 GPA, ranked number one in my class. But here's where, you know, went a little differently, you know, especially back in those days, if you're a good student, what do they tell you? Oh yeah, you got to go to university. You got to go to college, right? I didn't do that. I was like, nah, I don't, it's not really what 
I think is going to help me uh, in life. And so, um, you know, nowadays you see more influencers, you know, like Gary Vee and others are like, hey, yeah, you know, college isn't always, you know, the way to go. So, you know, if you're younger out there and and if you want to become a doctor or lawyer, of course, you got to go to university or college, right? But if you've got that entrepreneurial bug or you just don't think it's for you, you know, there's a lot of people who are not, who, who are just in debt because of college, you know, and um, they're not even in the field in that w- which they studied. So, so take a good look at it. I, with my family, took a look at it and was like, you know what, you know, college is, is not for me. So I just went directly from there to, I went to move to New York uh, after high school and was a volunteer um, in Brooklyn and it was my first time out of the house. And, and so that was the path, you know, I took, didn't, didn't go to college. I, I already had taken a lot of classes at like junior college when I was going to school. Um, so I already had a lot of, you know, higher education and, and I was totally fine uh, without a degree. Now, when I got back, I was about like 19, 20 years old from New York. I got my first kind of like in the world job. I was actually a executive assistant for the CEO um, and the vice president of Hot Dog on a Stick corporate headquarters. That's a, a chain of fast food uh, stands from malls that maybe you guys are familiar with here in the United States. And that was my first kind of like, you know, real job. And during this time, this is when like the Fast and Furious movies was popular. And me, I've always been kind of like this person who likes to do different things. You guys are definitely going to see throughout this episode that I definitely marched to the beat of a different drummer. So in those days, everybody had like Hondas and Toyotas and we're fixing them up. But me, I was like, I want to be different. So I'm going to get a Korean car. I'm going to get a Hyundai. Now, nowadays, Hyundais are top of the line. But back in those days, you know, Hyundai didn't have that great reputation. So I want to fix up my car like, you know, um, uh, you know, the Fast and Furious and things. But I couldn't find parts. American companies weren't making parts. So did the logical thing. I went to Korea. I was like, hey, let me find some parts from Korea. And sure enough, you know, in Korea, you know, Hyundai and Kia were like the Honda and Toyota uh, of, of Korea. So there's a lot of companies making parts. And I found a company, uh, it was called Shark Racing. And I was like, wow, these parts are really cool. I started ordering them. And I was like thinking like, wait a minute, you know, it's kind of expensive ordering this stuff. And I bet you everybody else who has a Hyundai and wants to fix it up is trying to order products from this, this guy. Um, maybe I can like do something to, 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 to make some money off of this and make it easier for other people. So I contacted the company. I was like, Hey, you know, let's do something together. I mean, here I am 19, 20 years old. I'm like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and start a company together. Um, like a U.S. company and let me open a warehouse. And instead of you shipping these parts from Korea to United States, um, you know, one by one to customers, let's open a warehouse and let's send them by the container and I'll run the warehouse for you. And, uh, you know, I'll do all the shipping and stuff and boom, within a few months, it was all set up. I quit my job at hot dog on a stick and I was 20 years old, opened up a 3000 square foot warehouse and was fixing up my car. Cause that was my passion, you know, and, uh, and was, you know, to help turn that business into a million dollar a year business, you know, within just a few months. And so, you know, the lesson there, I guess, is things work out well a lot of times when there's a when there's a passion like if you're passionate about what you're doing it's like your hobby or you want to do it for yourself too then you're going to put more into it and be willing to take more risk and things like that so that's what i did um but at the same time it doesn't matter how passionate you are about something if there's not demand you're not going to be successful so what i did was i made sure i was like hey there is demand and this is kind of like the whole um process behind product research or product hunting on amazon is you're looking for demand but non-existent or weak competition. I knew there was demand for Korean car parts. 
I wanted it for my car. I knew there was lots of people who had, you know, for message boards and things um, in the 2000s uh, of people who were looking for car parts, uh, but there was no competition because no American company had it. Everybody had to go to Korea. So I, again, use that same, that same philosophy works today when you're looking for product opportunity on Amazon. Where is their demand? You know, where is their search volume? But the existing competition, you know, people, customers are not finding what they are looking for, or at least it's, it's a very difficult process. Um, in addition, that's a, it's a great business model as well. If you can find things that there's demand for in the country that you're living in, be it US, be it Europe, but everybody who has to order these products um, are having to order from overseas and with long shipping time. That could be a great product opportunity for you. You know, um, some of the partners that I partnered up with uh, on the Korean side there, they're doing that to this day, but now on Amazon, where, where they, they find these Korean companies where there's a lot of Korean uh, people here in the United States who, who love these Korean beauty products or food products and, and, um, and things like that, but they can't really get it, you know, where they live. So they have to order it from their relatives in Korea. You know, it takes a long time to get there and it's expensive. So they, they contact these companies like, hey, let's set up a warehouse for you guys over here. So this is a great, you know, here's the first lesson, I guess, you know, from my past that you can apply to uh, Amazon now. Now, during this time, uh, as I was, do, you know, doing these other businesses, I got into sumo wrestling. Yep. I was a sumo wrestler. I was an amateur sumo wrestler. Um, you know, I, I lived in Japan, like I said, when I was younger. So I always liked sumo wrestling. You can see I have some sumo wrestling mannequins here in my um in my office here, but I, I took up sumo wrestling, amateur sumo wrestling here in the United States, loved it, went all in. I got ranked. I was like number three nationally. MTV True Life did a documentary on, on, on what I was doing. And again, I turned that into other things, you know, like I started with this club who they would, uh, organize, um, different, um, you know, demonstrations and, movie companies would hire them like oceans 13 and all these memoirs of a geisha you see those sumo things like it was my club that i was a part of not it wasn't my club i wasn't the leader of it but you know th that we uh, organized uh, things so again I'm, i was turned my passion into like a little bit of a, a business and, and some way to build my personal brand now um what happened was i got a little too fat doing sumo because you know the, the bigger you are the the, the you know better you are, you want to stay at the top of the weight classes like there are. And I got really out of shape. So I had to stop doing sumo and I was like, okay, how am I going to lose weight? And so I went to the gym and I was like, this is so boring to go to the gym and walk on a treadmill. I saw something called Zumba and I was like, well, this Zumba thing is cool. This is like more than 10 years ago and not many people knew about Zumba. And so I got into it, um, just like was super passionate. I had never danced before in my life. You know, like uh, I had never taken dance classes or anything, but I loved listening to that kind of music. And I was like, you know, let me do this. And um, I ended up getting certified to teach Zumba fitness. And so I started teaching it at the local gyms. And I was like, you know, I learned a lot from watching YouTube videos of these, you know, Zumba instructors. Let me make my own YouTube channel and maybe, you know, I can build a personal brand. Then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know what? These people who I've seen on YouTube who are Zumba influencers, I guess, like if I ever saw them in real life, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who they are. Like I wouldn't just stop at a conference and like, oh, you're this person from YouTube. They just look like regular people. I don't even remember their names. I just remember like their channels and things like that. So I was like, you know what? How am I going to make my YouTube channel different? And, and also how can I even be successful when I, I'm not a great dancer? I'm just like a regular guy. 
and and I don't have these like fancy moves. Um, I mean, there there are famous Zumba instructors out there who are like ex professional NBA cheerleaders and things like that. That wasn't me. So what I did was I was like, I'm going to create a character for YouTube, and it's, we're going to call this character Crazy Sock TV. And so what that character was, I always wore hats and then I, I would have one crazy sock on my arm where I would cut off part of the sock and it would go on one arm. And then the other sock would just go on one leg. It was like a knee high sock, crazy colors, crazy designs, always different. And then wild colors I would wear. And then I knew people weren't going to remember Bradley, but they were going to remember crazy sock TV. Sure enough, it went kind of mini viral. Um, I got tens of thousands of, of followers on YouTube, which... 12 years ago was like unheard of, you know, nowadays is kind of common, uh, tens of millions of views on YouTube. Now here, here's some learning from here. Number one is about branding. All right. Like if you want to be memorable, you know, with your Amazon product, you know, you build a good brand, you know, maybe people aren't going to remember your name, the founder behind the brand. Maybe they don't remember just a random brand name like Manny's Mysterious Oddities, right? But if you build something that's memorable and double down on it in your social media, you're going to make yourself memorable and people are going to recognize you. I was more successful than almost any of those professional Zumba instructors. I know it drove them crazy. She's like, what is this amateur guy? How come he gets millions of views and we don't? Well, that's another thing too is be relatable, all right? You know, with your, if you're building a personal brand you know, out there, um, sometimes the, the guy or gal next door is, is kind of a, a good, a good look, you know, people relate to that uh, a little bit more. So if you're trying to build your personal brand out there as an, as uh, you know, an Amazon influencer, don't try and be like this high and mighty person. Sometimes, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you are a high, you like, if you are a professional, like I wasn't a professional dancer, so I wasn't going to like portray myself as a professional dancer, but how I portrayed myself is, Hey, I'm just an average Joe. You know, I'm an ex-sumo wrestler. Guys, if I can do Zumba, you can, right? And that inspired people. And that's why I was so popular is I wasn't, I didn't do perfect moves. I wasn't that great. I mean, you could probably see my videos. <laughs> There's nothing that special about what I did, but I was memorable with my branding and I, I was appealing to the masses in that I wanted to make them think and inspire them that they could do the stuff that that I could do. And that's kind of like how I how I do things, you know, nowadays as well. Um, you notice I said I, I wore hats, you know, I don't wear hats everywhere, you know, like obviously I don't wear hats when I go to church and, and stuff like that. Um, just, you know, for, for your reference, the reason why I wear hats, two reasons, like my hair is just like ridiculous. All right. It's really hard for me to have hair that cooperates. Plus I'm very sensitive. Like I have a lot of eczema and dry skin issues and it's kind of embarrassing for me. So I always try and cover my forehead, you know, with, with a hat. That's like the reason. And that's kind of like the brand that I built, you know, here at Helium 10 for myself. Like I, I tried to do the same, same thing I did in Zumba here where I like, you know, when I first started doing videos and things like that at Helium 10, I'm like, I want to have a certain look and appeal to a certain audience. I know I'm not going to appeal to everybody, right? You know, I don't want to try and be Joe everybody, all right. I just want to be somebody who can appeal. So I was like, you know what? I want to appeal more, you know, to the younger population um, out there and I want to be approachable. I don't want to, you know, seem high and mighty and things. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a little sporty look. I always have like, you know, sports shirts or things like that and hats forward, backwards, whatever. And I was like, this is my brand. This is my going to be my personal brand. And I'm going to stick to that. And that's important too. you know, stick. Once you pick your brand for your Amazon product and your image and how you portray it in social media and in and, and your branding, stick to it. All right. People know fakes, right? Where, where you try and 
change who you are or what you're trying to do or what your image just to appeal, it comes across as not genuine, you know? So like new people have come to our company and, and even existing and like, ah, oh, you know what, Bradley, you shouldn't wear your hat all the time. Or I'm not sure how professional you look. I'm like, I, this is my brand. This is like, I'm not going to go change, you know, my branding um, just because, you know, maybe I'll appeal to a different group because for all the people who know me, they're like, well, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you like seven different characters here? Like, so again, I'm trying to stay, you know, true to my, my personal brand. And that's how, you know, I try and handle my Amazon brands as well. And I'm hoping you guys too. So once you choose a brand, you know, kind of look and feel, stick with it. All right. doesn't mean you can't recreate yourself. You know, you know, Helium 10 had a completely new brand, but there was a big promotion, you know, beside that. And we, we explained it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, Helium 10 is trying to be this to this group of people and this to another group of people. No, we, we like changed our brand uh, as a whole. We explained, you know, the, the ideas behind it and, and everybody was on board, but, but just keep that in mind. So, so there's somehow you actually hopefully could learn a branding uh, clue from my, my Zumba career. All right. Next up um, in my life, you know, during the uh, Zumba years, uh, the car parts business just started going down. I mean, there was a recession at the time. When there's a recession, people don't need carbon fiber hoods and stainless steel exhaust and things like that. So I was like, you know what? I need to get out of this business. And so I, I just exited that business and kind of let it die down and, and you know, covered all the, the debts and things like that. And it was like, I need to move on to something else. And, and that's when I, I, I got into working for the man again um, at a billion dollar food company. Research Fine Foods uh, is where I work. Fresh Creative Foods was the, the name of the division I worked in. But there's a lesson there. It's like, if something is not working, a brand is just spiraling down, you know, know what to look for so that you don't go down with it and then get out of it and clear out your debts, you know, make everybody happy, but know when to cut the cord and don't just like keep sinking money and time into something that you know is not going to be successful anymore. That's what I did. That's what you, we, you can also do uh, with your Zumba career. Now, here's another thing. Um, I didn't too much like working for the man. Um, never have. Uh, you know, I'm much like being my own boss, right? So it's a mental game you have to play. Sometimes we do stuff we don't like to do, you know, be it in Amazon. Maybe you don't like PPC. Maybe you don't like accounting. Well, that doesn't mean you don't do accounting. You, you got to like figure out how to kind of like work it so that you can get by. So me, what I did was I made games of everything. I challenged myself. I made personal competitions and, and I literally made myself love what I probably didn't like doing. It wasn't just, I liked it and now I wanted to love it. No, I like didn't like this stuff. Like some of the jobs I had, I was like an inventory management specialist for salad kits going around the country. And I was like, what is this nonsense? So I made myself like, how can I save the company this much money? Or how can I arrange this that nobody else has done before and be the best ever that they have ever seen at this? And so I would like work overtime and everything. They never asked me to work overtime, but it became fun for me. I took something I didn't like and I got to work joyful because I was like, this is awesome. They, they changed my job at one point where I was scheduling the semi trucks that would pick up the food and I would stay sometimes like five hours overnight just because I was trying to arrange the routes and have the trucks pick up as much as I can. This is like boring stuff, but it became so, I became so passionate about it. In my mind, I forced myself to have made it a game and a challenge with myself that I was even staying overtime when they weren't even asking me. To. I wasn't getting paid or anything. So that was how I was able to, to get through that. And that, that's how it's going to be in your in your businesses, guys. There's different aspects of your business that maybe you're not passionate about or you don't like doing. 
well, you got to figure something out. You know, for me, it was gamifying it, making it a personal challenge, trying to be the best, do whatever it takes in order to do those tasks that maybe you don't like to do. Now, while I was working for this uh, food company, my former partners from the um, the Korean companies that, that we were doing the uh, the car parts, they came back and they're like, hey, we want to do something new. We, we are, want to do phone cases like in 2014, 2015, the Galaxy S3 and Note 2 were, were coming out. Um, you know, now we're in like Galaxy S23. So it gives you an idea of when. And they're like, you know, we think this is going to be big. So 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 they're like, hey, come join us and we're going to start selling online and different things. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm down for a new challenge. So I left that billion dollar food company, which was a very solid job. And I went into something completely unknown to me, the cell phone case industry. And it just completely went viral because they started selling it on Amazon, which they hadn't done before. They were trying to sell it on dot coms, which still was popular back then. And it just blew up. They were importing containers of these phone cases. They were selling thousands of units, sometimes every single day of these phone cases. Now, here's the thing. They really didn't know what the heck they were doing. They just kind of like lucked into it, you know, and sometimes you guys might kind of luck into some success, like it might go viral uh, or, or uh, from Instagram or TikTok or something like that. But you got to know how to manage it. All right. Um, we did some good things and some bad things. So I was like, hey, I'm all into this business. My contribution is I'm going to give you guys the warehouse. I had a warehouse here at my house, which is the house I live in now. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to move out of my house, move in with my move my whole family um, in with my my parents. All right. Um, and that's what I did. And so that they could use my house as the office. So my, my house where I live became the office of this new company that we formed and the warehouse that um, I had used for my car part business, which was in the back. It's a 2000 square foot warehouse. It became like the warehouse for our cell phone cases. And, and we were just going like crazy. So, you know, when you start a business, sometimes you might have to make sacrifices. You know, you think my family was, was really happy about that. Like actually coincidentally got divorced shortly thereafter, but that wasn't, had nothing to do with uh, moving out uh, of the house. But, um, you know, family wasn't happy. Kids, you know, have to move in with your, you know, their grandparents and things, but you've got to make uh, sacrifices sometimes when you start a business. And so I was like, you know what, that's my sacrifice that I'm going to do. I'm going to give up my house and then let's see if we can get this off the ground. And sure enough, you know, it got off the ground and we were doing awesome. Now, here's the thing. Instead of trying to figure out and recreate and figure out their success of how their products went viral, they just kind of tried to keep doing the same thing over and over again. And now these other companies like Spigen and, and these other cell phone case companies came in to like they saw what we were doing right, which was like the 3D imaging and things like that that nobody on Amazon was doing. But they were able to um, figure out the algorithm and things like that that we didn't figure out. Me personally, I didn't know anything of what was going on Amazon. I was like the warehouse guy. So I was just in the warehouse and I would send stuff to FBA and I would package fulfilled by merchant cell phone cases every day. Like sometimes I would do 600, 700 uh, orders a day. Now I, I'm not packaging that by hand or I was doing it by hand, but we had a machine that would print the print the address and then I could just like hit a button and, you know, the address would, would go right onto the bag. And it was crazy. We had an amazing system, but the my, my business partners didn't really teach me too much about Amazon. They were handling that side. So I, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And as it turned out, they didn't really know what was going on either. And because of that, the business just kept going down and down. They weren't innovating. And it, eventually, it we, we started having some issues. You know, like we were kind of like a 33% ownership 
there's like three of us. And then we were all wanting to go different directions, but it was like, how do we make a decision? There was like no leader because we each owned a third of the company. And then one of our business partners, it turned out he, he was super shady. And this is a guy I knew for like 10 years. And it turns out like he was like totally ripping off our suppliers. Like he got like two containers from a supplier and then never paid them and then switched uh, production to a different factory. We had no idea. So guys, be careful, you know, making agreements, even if it's with friends, you know, make sure everything is in writing. That was something that I failed to do. And we had tons of trouble. It got so bad. Check this out, guys. It got so bad. He went back to China to, to organize something and the old factory that he screwed, they had connections with the Chinese mafia. They straight kidnapped him. They kidnapped him and, and held him for ransom, pretty much. You know, I got this call. It's like, yeah, you know, we've kidnapped, you know, your business partner. Um, you better pay us back the $100,000 you owe. I was like, what? We're like, what? Oh, $100,000. And this is where it got kind of hairy because my two business partners were Koreans. I was the only American. It was my name on like the company and everything. Bad move, Bradley, bad move. Be careful, guys, when you join, you know, partnerships, even with friends. And so the way that we could get him out of being kidnapped, you know, I had to kind of like sign my life away. It was, it was kind of crazy. I had to like sign that I was going to be responsible for the 100000 because they didn't really have any legal way to hold us to that money. So I, they had to make me be legal that I was going to pay them back $100,000 in X amount of time. Um, and so, you know, they, the Chinese mafia's lawyers who are us based, like that's how serious these guys were. They actually had us lawyers on retainer. So I had to go up to LA and sign it away. And it was, it was rough, you know, like that's, that's crazy. You know, I was thinking, you know, to myself, like, what if I can't pay this hundred thousand dollar back? They know where I live now. My family's in danger. This is crazy times because I, I really, you know, didn't prepare myself and didn't know what my partners were doing. But, um, thank goodness we got those $100,000 paid off. And then by this time, I was just like, you know what, this, this is not for me. So one, one of the other, you know, partners still had some, some big plans for the company. I was like, it seemed pretty good, but I was just kind of like, you know what, at this stage, um, I'd much rather just be away from this company. So again, I knew how to cut my losses and I left that company, you know, still stayed, um, not, with the shady guy, we completely cut off communications with him. But with my other business partner, I was like, you know what? Um, you know, we're, we're so cool and all, but you, you do your thing and and I'm just going to do something else because this is just, this was just too scary of a situation. I just want to kind of distance myself, you know, from this. So again, the, the story, you know, the moral of the story there is something's toxic for you. You know, again, know how to get out. Important. Now, um, at the time, I was listening to a podcast. I'm not a podcast listener, but I just happened to be listening to an Amazon podcast. Um, it was by Kevin Reiser. And um, he was like, hey, there's going to be a Zon Squad uh, live. And this was in 2015, 2016. It was an Amazon conference. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to do Amazon. I really didn't know about it, but let me go to this conference. Now, I really didn't have income at the time. I had just you know, got out of this company, wasn't doing much. And I was like, I scraped together some money, got on a plane ticket, and I also paid to get into that conference. And I was so poor that that I even slept in my rental car. It was cheaper than getting a hotel in Chicago um, at the time. So slept in my rental car the, the two or three nights that it was. But that conference changed my life. I was just like, wow. I actually understood now what Amazon was and what ranking was and and all these amazing things I had no idea. I was like, this is definitely it. 
you know, this like Amazon is the is the future. So I decided right then and there after that conference, I was like, I'm going to dedicate myself to learning about it. So um, I just, you know, got a couple courses. I joined the Illuminati Mastermind. That's what's called Helium 10 Elite. Even though I wasn't even selling on Amazon, I was just like, you know what? I want to associate myself with these seven and eight figure sellers and I want to get the same education that they're getting to kind of like fast track my knowledge. All right. So, you know, there's something for you guys, you know, uh, yes, definitely take the, 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 the beginner courses like freedom ticket, but also, you know, don't think that you have to wait until you're a seven figure seller to get benefit out of like the elite program or, or masterminds. All right. You know, that was, I was able to kind of like fast track my knowledge because of that. And after I felt comfortable with learning stuff, I was like, you know what? I really don't want to sell on Amazon. I like, first of all, I didn't have any money to invest. And second of all, I was like, you know what? I have still had a sour taste in my mouth of the risks that happened to me, you know, like dealing with Chinese mafia and stuff. It doesn't, doesn't, you don't shake that very fast. I was like, you know what? I want to try to be a consultant. You know, uh, I'm pretty smart. Like I, I was like, I'm pretty smart about this stuff. Like I've learned these things that probably not many people know. Um, and so let me share my knowledge. And so I, I got, you know, some of my, uh, I got my former business partner that I left, you know, um, I was like, Hey, you guys honestly don't know what you're doing <laughs> now. I know that you don't know what you're doing. I do now want you hire me just as a consultant and, uh, let me, you know, help you guys out. And they're like, okay, you know, cool. And so they were like my main, my main customers. And like I said, you know, they, they were not going to do so cell phone cases, but they had a cool business plan about like bringing Korean beauty products and food products. And so I was able to, you know, to, to help them out as, as they were scaling. And, you know, I got other customers from word of mouth. And before you know it, you know, people were paying me, you know, multiple people, you know, a few thousand dollars, like travel around to the country and different countries, to, like give them training and stuff all because I just like went all in on learning. And, and I, I, you know, I know my initials are BS. I always make fun of that, but I wasn't a BSer. Like people were like, Hey, can you help us with PPC? I could have winged it. Sure. But I'm like, you know what? No. I really don't know PPC at that time. I was like, here's what I do know. This is what I'm an expert in. Uh, I'm going to tell it to you straight. And, and so I didn't, I didn't have any issues, you know, like I, I was very honest and, and I, I set expectations and that's why I think, you know, was, was partly why I was so successful as a consultant. All right. Now during this time I was still doing uh, Zumba and here's another, you know, important thing of networking. First of all, I've said this before at that Zon squad, I, I networked with people. I met people there that to this day, six years later, are still my personal network, my business network. So networking at conferences is great. I was networking in my Zumba classes too. So one of my students, um, she had she was a she was a, a hair uh, stylist too, and she was like, you know what? I I do the hair of of this kind of rich couple, and they were looking for a personal Zumba instructor because they don't want to go to the gym. You know, they would like need somebody to go to the house. I was like, sure, I'll do it. So I was I was being paid like $50, $60 an hour to go to these people's house that. I, I did because I'm networking, you know, in Zumba and they owned a big supplement, very famous supplement company that probably everybody in the United States knows about. And after a while, you know, we, we, we do, I'm doing Zumba in their house like twice a week and we talk or dancing and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh, we need somebody to help out with our Amazon and actually need a sales manager. So I was like, sure, I can work with you guys. And so I actually got a full-time job with them. Um, as their sales manager and in charge of Amazon. And so I, I kind of scaled back a little bit on my consulting and I love, I loved, uh, you know, working there. It opened me up to a whole new, um, different I idea about what was possible in e-commerce. Like, first of all, they became super huge from infomercials. 
I was like, infomercials are still a thing? Oh my goodness, yes, they are. And they 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 were doing huge numbers in infomercials. And because of that, that's why they were able to, to get on Amazon. And then they got into Walmart too. You know, as a sales manager, I would look at POs and 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 I was proud of myself in the in the couple of years I was there, I brought their Amazon sales from one million to three million. I've mentioned this before, but that was nothing compared to what they did in Walmart. It was millions and millions, tens of millions uh, of dollars over over a couple of years that they sold to Walmart only on one SKU. I mean, it took me 25 SKUs to get up to $3 million of sales for for, for their line on, on Amazon. So guys, don't, don't sleep on the opportunity that brick and mortar still has when you get into big chains like Walmart. We also had uh, contracts with like CVS and, and Kroger and things like that. And it is huge if you can get into there and, and super easy. You know, it's like Amazon, you know, you're selling one by one and you got to deal with the customer service. Nah, you just have like these humongous POs and you don't have to deal with too much uh, customer service. So, so that, that, that experience taught me a lot. Now it was during this time that I first learned about Helium 10. It's actually somebody, a couple of people, I think Barkus and then also Metool who has been on this um, podcast before. We're like, Hey, have you tried out Helium 10? I was like, Oh no, let me see what this is. And I was like, Whoa, this Helium 10 is amazing. I can like cancel my my jungle scout and my my cash cow pro and all these other softwares that i had i was like helium 10 has all of this in one and so i started using helium 10 and i would go into their facebook groups um a lot now me i love debates right like i love debates and i also hate people who give out misinformation so I would go into their Helium 10 Facebook groups and I would see these people who are trying to make a name for themselves and they were giving out wrong information about ranking and all this stuff that I knew better um, for. And so I would like go in and and like, you know, make these long posts with all these screenshots saying, hey, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, 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 this and that. And I wasn't trying to get new clients. I had enough clients. Like I never once got a new client because of my activity on Facebook groups. So, so here's a lesson for all of you guys who are, kind of like service providers, virtual assistants, consultants, agencies, people can see through your BS sometimes, all right? Like like if you're just posting information in Facebook groups because you're trying to like get people to DM you to, to, to you know, to, to hire you and stuff, people can see through that. It, it's not a good look, guys, all right? I never had like a bad reputation because people knew that I was not getting clients. Like, yes, people were DMing me all the time. I never once said, sorry, can't take anybody. When you come across, if you go into your social media, like your Facebook posting and LinkedIn with no ulterior motives, you're going to come across more organic. And that was what I was doing. Some of you guys make me so angry when you come into like our Facebook groups and, and all you're trying to do is, is just make a name for yourself and post on every single thing. Um, you know, some of y'all shipping companies, you guys know who you are. Um, where, where you're just posting on things you have no idea what you're talking about, but you're just trying to like get your name out there. Guys, don't be that kind of person, all right? Just be genuine. Talk about stuff that you know and and get on there with a, with a genuine um, goal of helping people. Anyways, I digress. Because of that, Manny Coates and Guillermo Puyol, the, the founders of Helium, are like, who's this guy who's who's always, you know, talking in our Facebook group and and like arguing with people who are bad-mouthing Helium 10 and people uh, and setting people straight who had bad Helium 10 strategies. And so they invited me up to to have a, a meeting with them. They were up in Orange County, which is like an hour and a half away from my work or my, my home. And I was like, sure, I'll meet with you guys. I had no idea it was like a job interview. So like right afterwards, they were like offered me a job. I'm like, nah, 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 I'm good. Like I had a dream job working for that supplement company, you know, with my friends. I was like, that's like the best, that's the most money I've ever made. 
and it's a really exciting job, but they kept after me for like a month. And I was like, you know what? Let, let me do this. You know, I love helium 10. Let me go ahead and, and, and leave this company and do it. It was, it was kind of hard because, you know, I didn't want to like let my friends down, but I was like, this is a good opportunity. And so that, that's how I was, I was hired at, um, at helium 10. So I, I've had different roles at the beginning. I was hired as an operations manager. Then later I took over the entire customer service team, as well as the entire affiliate, um, team. And, and that, that's a lesson for you business owners out there is let your, let your employees gravitate towards what they're good at and what they're passionate about. You know, they would always, you know, Manny and Guy would always ask me, Hey, do you love what you're doing? What, what do you not love about it? Is there something else that you would like to do? And eventually I grew into this role that was just like the perfect role for me. And it was great. It was better for them, better for me to be in this role that I really love instead of being an operations manager or having to deal with customer service and things like that. So, you know, those of you out there, once you start building your, your team, make sure that they're passionate about what they're doing and let them gravitate to roles that suit them the best. That's, that's going to be the best for them. And it's going to be the best for you. And, and at that point I realized that like, Hey, lightning struck twice here is the perfect job. So here's a lesson too. Um, for me, the perfect job was like, do I love what I'm doing so much that if I wasn't being paid to do it, I would pay to do it. In other words, I would pay just to be able to do it. And number two, is it changing people's lives? So lightning struck twice because I had that with Zumba, right? You know, I used to pay to do some Zumba fitness because I was trying to lose weight for my sumo career. And then now all of a sudden I was being paid to do Zumba. Like where even if I wasn't getting paid to do it, I would have still paid because I loved it so much. I mean, how many people who have jobs can really say that? And then number two is I was changing people's lives. Um, you know, people would tell me, oh my goodness, you know, I've lost 60 pounds taking your class. You know, like I used to be depressed and you helped me. I was like, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Um, it happened again at Helium 10. I used to pay to use Helium 10 because I loved it so much. And now I was being paid to use Helium 10. I was like, that's mind blowing. And then changing people's lives, you know, being in this kind of role where I get to make training videos, you know, I get people coming up to me at conventions and say, oh my goodness, you Helium 10 changed my life because of this training, because of Project X, because of the podcast. I was able to start my own business, and it's just the most amazing feeling. Now, um, as Amazon sellers, again, understand that what you're doing isn't just a job. I mean, you're te- you're touching so many people's lives when you have a product that you have sold hundreds and thousands of. I mean, we got right here in the back of the Project X coffin shelf. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about. There are thousands and thousands of people in America who have this coffin shelf in their house displaying some of their prized gothic possessions. Like, just think about that for a second, guys. The products that you are making are in people's homes and they're they're using it. Take pride uh, in that. You know, not many people who have jobs can really say that they're touching that many, that many people, right? Now, at Helium 10, I kind of grew into this role uh, of kind of like being the head trainer, you know, here and kind of like the face of Helium 10 after Manny Coates, you know, stepped aside to, to focus on on growing the business. And, and so a lot of people kind of have the misconception that I'm this like extrovert and really super social person. So again, I have experience, like I said, since I was four years old at speaking, you know, I've done it in Spanish, Japanese, English. And so I'm comfortable speaking and, and being on YouTube and being in front of the camera and stuff like that. But I'm actually not that much of a people person. So sometimes people get the wrong idea when they see me in public sometimes or like at conferences and maybe I'm like kind of just like keeping to myself. That's kind of like the natural me. Like me, I I, I have this role and so I know I have to be very outgoing. And when I'm at events, 
like if I'm on the clock, you know, you'll see me smiling and, and talking and everything, but it's very taxing with my personality. I'm actually very kind of like shy and reserved. And like, I know this is kind of blowing people's minds right now, but that's me. So please, if you ever see me out there and I look like I'm not talking or something, um, I'm not mad at you. That's, that's kind of like the real me. And I, I'm probably like taxed out because it's very taxing when a person, an introvert like me is putting themselves out there and being all social um, for us, you know, like a couple hours. It like, it's very taxing. All, you introverts out there probably know what I'm talking about. And so sometimes I'm just like, you know what, I got to take a step back. But here's the thing. I'm not comfortable socially, right? But you guys would have never known that unless you saw me kind of in my feelings or, or unless I'm talking about it now. And you got to think sometimes there's stuff that maybe you're not comfortable comfortable doing or that you don't even like doing, but you know you have to do it for your job or for, to help your Amazon business grow. Again, going back to like I said I did when I was at the food company, you've got to make yourself like doing it. Now, me, I actually do like helping people. And so that's what I focus on. It's like, hey, I'm uncomfortable around people, but I'm going to push through this because I know this is important for my job. And it's important that I can help, you know, people do this. And I, I'm not talking about phobias, guys. All right. I hate eggs. I hate heights. Uh, there's no mind over matter that's going to make me eat eggs or make me like hang off the side of a building. No, I don't care if that's my job or Helium 10 is t paying me to do it. I'm not going to do it. All right. I'm not talking about about phobias, guys. But if there's just things that you're not naturally comfortable with, try and do something, guys. Mind over matter to, to just like motivate yourself to do these necessary things. Because if you just like say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. Can you imagine here at Helium 10, if I was like, you know what, I'm not that comfortable socially. Um, I'm not going to do videos. I'm not going to do Zoom calls. I'm not going to go to conferences and talk to people. I'm not going to do Project X. I mean, that would be crazy. Like how, how different would my path have been if I just went with what I'm comfortable with? You got to get out of your comfort zone sometimes, guys, to be successful in life. So there's another hopeful life lesson, you know, um, when you have drawbacks like me, I've got drawbacks, you know, I'm not that comfortable. So I was able to get over it. Another issue is know where your weaknesses are. Like I have a lot of weaknesses. Like I was, it was PPC. So like, I didn't want to know PPC and I ended up giving that to other people. Another thing is I have a notoriously bad memory. Like some people think I'm joking, but like, I seriously have like mental issues with, with my memory. I don't know what it was, uh, like the last 15 years or so. So early on, I was like, I told Manny, I was like, you know what? I need a personal assistant because I cannot keep track of some things. And I know this is important. I, I need to have somebody kind of like keeping track of, of my stuff. And so I was the first person in the company that, you know, even before Manny and Guy, who are the CEOs of the company, I was just like, you know what? I need a personal assistant. And they assigned me Mel, who Mel to this day is still my assistant, but he has grown. He's now the, the chief editor of this podcast um, and all of our podcasts here. And he has a lot of other responsibilities, but but one of his first jobs was was being my assistant. So same thing to you guys. If there's something you have as a negative that you're like not good with numbers or something, well, don't try and do your books. Hire a professional. You know, if your memory is bad like me, hire an assistant. Um, know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, guys, and 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 act accordingly. You no, know, don't try and do things um, that you just don't have the ability physically or mentally to do. So after um, I started working at Helium 10, I, I, like I said, I stopped doing consulting and I quickly realized I was like, I cannot be in a, in a position of, of 
training here, or an education if I'm not in the game. So I started selling on Amazon for the first time. I had never sold on Amazon before. I was a consultant, like I said, and I launched hundreds and hundreds of products, all for other people, none for myself. So I was like, you know what? I've got to do this on my own so I can stay in the game. So um, I started doing my own products. Uh, I, I fully managed to this day the, the Project X products. Um, and so I'm doing over a million dollars, grossing him over a million dollars. My profit is not that much. That's just because I, I, first of all, don't have the time to really optimize it as much as I should. But also most of my time is is dedicated to like case studies and experiments. You know, that's how I was able to come up with what we call the Maldives honeymoon strategy and, and different launch strategies and different PPC strategies. Because I'm like pouring tons of money into seeing what works and doesn't work. And a lot of stuff doesn't work. You guys out there, that's not, don't use your actual Amazon business to do, you know, you're like, you know, little testings and things, you know, you guys should be making a profit. But me, you know, some people were like, wait a minute, if you're grossing a million dollars, you know, how do you still need to work for Helium 10? Well, my profit is probably less than 10% after all my experiments um, that I'm doing. But same thing, those of you who are trying to be consultants or service providers, if you're not in the game yourself, it's going to be very hard for you to just keep up to date with all the changes that are on Amazon, right? Please don't be those people who make Amazon courses and, and try and offer their services when they have no idea when, or when their knowledge is like, you know, two years old. I didn't want to be that way. You guys shouldn't be that either. I also don't have enough time to like um, do the day to day. So my kids um, are, are handling a lot of the, the Project X, you know, warehouse stuff. Um, I'm remarried. Now my wife is is the one who's like shipping everything um, every day from there and doing customer service. So guys, if you have other endeavors you're doing, you can't do everything by yourself. You know, I'm not saying use child labor, you know, like I did my, my kids are over 18 uh, now, but you know, they've been working on the Amazon business since they were like 10, you know, I'm not saying just do child labor, but do outsource guys. You know, you, you can't do everything yourself, hire assistants, hire service providers, um, family members, friends, make sure you're not putting too much burden on yourself. This podcast, thanks to you guys, is, you know, you guys know it's the most listened to podcast in the world for Amazon sellers. Uh, I had never done podcasts before. Um, why is it so successful? Of course, you know, work, you know, Helium 10 is being the most successful uh, company in the space obviously helps, but I really feel strongly it's the way we structure this podcast too. You know, I'm not the star of this show. Now, this episode is all about me. Yes, uh, I know, but that's very rarity. We, we've done like 340 episodes. I, I've tried to make you know, the, the guest, the main focus where I don't talk too much, it's the guest who we want to hear from. It's the strategies. That's the star um, of, of the, sh of the show. So if you're trying to build your personal brand or, you know, be it through a podcast or you're trying to be an influencer in this space, you know, try and make your, your strategies and things like that, the star, you know, there's people who, who rub people the wrong way, the way they talk in Facebook groups or LinkedIn and stuff where they're too self-congratulatory or, they're just too much into themselves. I really try not to do that here. And I think that's part of the success of this show. And, you know, if you're trying to make a name for yourself out there or you're trying to make a course, more power to you. But, but you know, try and come across from, from more of a humble place where you're making your students and the strategies a star instead of yourself. Other things that I don't do well, you know, I talked about being in front of people and, and uh, my memory and stuff is work-life balance. Because I get so passionate and obsessive over things due to that's the way that I make myself love always what I'm doing, which again is so important. Love what you're doing always. Um, sometimes it's hard to control how much time I spend and and I get too obsessive you know, over things. 
um, where I don't have the good work-life balance. So always make sure your family comes first, guys. Um, I haven't always done that and, and suffered from it, you know, because of that sometimes. So, so, you know, I've had to take time off because things kind of get out of hand at, at home. And so, you know, don't, don't be me guys. From day one, set your boundaries. What's work time? What's family time? You know, being an entrepreneur, there's that meme out there where it's just like entrepreneurs are the only people who quit working 40 hours a week so they can work 80 hours on their own business. Don't be like that. You know, set boundaries when you start working for yourself of what's your time, what's the business time, what's um, what's family time, and make sure you you stick to those. Um, you know, I mentioned my kids, give them a shout out. You know, my my kids have turned out pretty good despite you know this entrepreneurial life. My daughter is is twenty. She had her A degree when she was eighteen. Played varsity basketball four years. Never got less than A. Taught herself Chinese. Speaks Spanish. Also speaks Japanese now. My son, four year or three years varsity basketball, was like the leader in San Diego for Division Five for rebounds and points uh, last year. Never got less than an A. Also now speaks Japanese. Um, so you know, even though I, I maybe didn't have my work life balance, they they still came out pretty well. So uh, proud of uh, proud of them. So I'm definitely giving them a shout out there. Um, I I don't go out too much. You know, um, that was one thing. You know, just this is more of a personal thing, but. During the COVID years, uh, the last two years, lockdowns, like I never left the house like at all because that's just, again, I'm not a social person. One of the few friends I had um, who I was going out with a lot and traveling the country when he would go to shows was, was uh, his name is Slushy. Uh, he's a DJ. He's actually the one who made the the opening songs that you hear from any of our, these this podcast. He's actually, guys, check him out. He's amazing. S-L-U-S-H-I-I. We had a podcast episode with him, but then he moved away and stop going to music festivals and, and going traveling with him. And so, um, I'm just pretty boring of a person in my personal life. Now, what I do in my spare time is like, I watch a lot of, uh, Korean dramas. You can see here, reply 1988, my favorite Korean drama, a little picture of that in the back. I watch tons of anime. Um, and that's kind of like what I do in, in my spare time. So some people ask me, I don't know why you guys want to know about that stuff, but that's, that's my hobbies. Like uh, I play a lot of basketball when I can. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I barely play basketball. I would like to play a lot of basketball, but I don't do it that, that much. And that's another thing that you guys need to to learn from my mistakes is I've I'm almost back to my sumo weight, you know, because of COVID. Like I've gained about forty pounds in the last two years because I since I don't do Zumba anymore. By the way, I stopped doing Zumba because I ruptured my Achilles tendon playing basketball a few years ago. I never went back to Zumba, um, but when I was doing Zumba, I could still eat whatever I wanted to because I was burning thousands of calories a day, right? Well, being in my house and working at home is great. allows me to be with my family, but I had no kind of like health balance. You know, I was just getting DoorDash all the time and never working out, barely playing basketball, not dancing. Guys, once you start working for yourself, you have got to set a schedule to keep your physical health, like get a routine, I need to get on that right now. I'm kind of putting this out there that, hey guys, in the next two months, you see this fat face right here. I'm going to lose 20 pounds in two months. I'm like putting that out there right now on this show, 100,000 listeners. Call me out um, where I'm going to need to like let Carrie take over the podcast if I don't lose 20 pounds in the next two months. Um, I'm setting myself up right here. But anyways, guys, learn from that mistake for me. If you're entrepreneurs, Make sure your mental and physical health is is on point because if it gets out of hand, your the rest of your life suffers. Like I, I, 
I struggle now sometimes with having the energy to work and, and sleep schedule and things because my eating is bad and, and I don't work out enough. So there's another mistake uh, that hopefully you guys can learn. Well, what's the future here for me? Um, you know, my my new title is, or it's been for a couple of years now, is Chief Evangelist and Director of Training. Um, I have a team of amazing people working under me now, Carrie, uh, Lem, Shivali, uh, we've got Mel, Nico, Adriana, and Marcus, our, our new to team, Leilama. Um, we're trying to hire internationally and to, so that I'm not doing everything anymore. Um, you know, for, for, for my face being on every single video that's on Helium 10. And we're just, we're, de we're definitely trying to show that, Hey, Helium 10 is not just about me. And I think everybody knows that now we've been, able, we've had so many talented people here at Helium 10 working, um, not just in my department, but other departments. Um, and it's really great to, to have an amazing team. I joined the company and there's like 30 employees and now we have like 320 um, and so it's really, really uh, awesome to work with a bunch of talented people and I get to learn a lot from them and I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing here. Um, I love this position that I'm in and, um, I love working with you guys out there who I meet at conferences and you guys let me know how helium 10 can, can help you crush it more. And, and I too, you know, since I'm selling on Amazon, I, I come up with a lot of different ways that our product team can maybe, you know, make our tools better but I'm not the only one. I get a lot of input from you guys. So make sure to keep letting me know and let the product team know, you know, what you would like Helium 10 or to, to have on the tool side or, or maybe my team to do on the training side that can help you uh, crush it more. Uh, I'm super excited for our sell and scale summit that's coming up at the September. I'm going to be able to introduce, you know, one of my personal heroes, uh, Gary V on stage. And remember, I told you my entire Amazon career, including where I am now, can be traced back to my first Amazon conference that, that I went to. So maybe that'll be the case for you too. So guys, make sure to come to our conference. If you want to get tickets, go to h10.me forward slash S3. S3 stands for a sell and scale summit. h10.me forward slash S3. And I'm, I'd love to meet you in person. But remember, if you see me off to the side, you can still come up to me. Don't worry. I'm not trying to be mean i just might be a little bit exhausted socially but if you ever come up to me i guarantee i'll be nice and, and I'll, I'll love to talk to you um also at s3 uh, i'm making a zumba comeback we're going to have that zumba fitness is going to be part of the s3 conference led by me hopefully a 30 pounds or 20 pounds less version of me um so i'll see you guys at that summit Hope you guys found this interesting. You know, I've had a lot of ups and downs over my career, and I hope you guys were able to take something and maybe apply it in your own entrepreneurial career. See you guys in the next episode.